This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It is draft week. It is draft week. Happy draft week Happy to all. Happy draft week to you. It's, yes. it's like the final, you know, just the final 12 days of Christmas here. Yeah, it's always a crazy week because, I mean, rumors fly around and we should believe half of them. But I don't even know if you should believe fun. half of them. We should believe none of them, probably. <laughs> but they make for good conversation. A week ago, I always thought it was tough. Like, it's a pretty down time. Or this week, the... The, the molecules start moving a little faster and everything's a little bit ramped up. You know? Yeah, a little bit. And as usual, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert held their uh, yeah. pre-draft press conference in person. How about that? First, We're uh, moving along. The first in-person uh, event the Steelers have had since last year's NFL scouting combine. Wow. Very cool. So it was the first press conference I've been to in quite a while. Uh, lots of stuff that they covered there. Real quick, um, I assume you yeah. guys were all masked up and everything, but in sort of distance. But was it like pretty close to a press conference? You well, we did it at Heinz Field instead of their mm, the UPMC okay, okay. facility. But uh, well, what's the difference? What's that? Well, then why would they care? There was more room to spread out. Okay, just a bigger barrier. Yeah, I got gotcha. um, So Kevin Colbert talked about. You know, how this pandemic has changed things. And we've talked about this, whereas last year you had the scouting combine, you had the all-star games, mm -hmm. but then no pro days. But you were pretty far into it at that you point. Were pretty, yeah, you yeah. had a pretty good idea. This year it was Plus the exact the, the scouts opposite. The to go into uh, schools all year. Well, and too, that's the other thing he talked about. He said this year the only time the scouts could go to on campus was during game days. And then you still weren't allowed to talk to. And you don't see practice. Yeah. He, <laughs> said, <laughs> right. he said they saw every – how did he put it? He said they saw they had a, a scout at at least one game for every draftable prospect except for six. Wow. Now that's on their list. Right. I mean that doesn't mean there's four hundred names. It's probably right. two hundred names or right, something like right, that. Right. Right. So that I mean that that leads me to believe that they've got some Division two and Division three guys who are on their list because yeah. those guys didn't play. I mean, if you didn't go to Trey Lance's first game. You didn't go. You didn't see him or Radnitz. Or only game. <laughs> or only game, that's what I mean. So I would, assume, guys, I would right? assume they were at that one. Okay. Um, you yeah. Know. I mean, more I think but about But for it, Quinn Miners, you didn't see Quinn Miners play last year unless you – No. Yeah. You didn't see Rousseau play. You didn't see right. Penny Sewell. I mean, I'm surprised there's not more than six. I asked him specifically about that again, uh, about the, the opt-outs. Opt yeah. I uh, said, so, you know, he told us last summer that, uh, you know, you would value the opt-outs a little differently than mm -hmm. you would value the guys who did play. And he said – that's still the case that, you know, if it's close uh, or if they have a similar grade, that they would value the player who played more recently over the over the player who had not. Because he, he said, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take that player who didn't play to get up to speed. We don't know how oh, long yeah. it takes. So you, you, know, you don't get – you don't you know, if you go without playing football for a couple of years or, a year, or even a year, it's going to take you time to get, get your feet back it on you. It has to. I mean, like Walker Little is a massive example, and I don't understand why he didn't do the senior bowl. Or maybe it was because of that. Maybe it's because of it. I thought he looked bad. You yeah, know, right. I yeah, haven't played right. in two years. I don't want to go out there. And, you know, I haven't really blocked anybody. I don't trust myself. Yeah. Because these guys are just coming off of a regular season. Yeah, I, I, I think all along we've kind of said 
it, it, I mean, Jamar Chase is probably different, and Penny Sewell yeah. is probably different. And he brought those guys. He's like, look, there's guys who are going to go in the first top t- in the top ten picks who opted mm-hmm. out last year, and great, you know. But sure, what about? But the the third fourth rounders, you know, going from Central Florida, and mm-hmm. there's a long list, and, and I understand why these guys did, but it couldn't have helped their stock. Um, you know, Rousseau to me is a really interesting example because all you've seen since his big sack year was a so-so pro day, you right? Know, and you know, below average pro day, like, man, why don't I go with Phillips instead? He, he or, did know? note, and I hadn't really thought about this, that the uh, the guys in the Pac-12 and Big Ten were really at a disadvantage this year because initially their conferences both said they were going to wait and play in the spring. Right, okay. And then, so those guys just made decisions based on that. Look, you're not going to play this spring. I'm not going to, you're not going to play until the spring. I'm not going to play football. I'm either leaving college Mm -hmm. to go start working out or I'm signing with an agent. Right. At which point you're done. Right, right, right. You sign with an agent. (laughs) Let's get this draft. You might have not opted out. You might not have opted out, but then you didn't have a choice Mm -hmm. because you're, you're, you know, a month into the process, your school's like, no, we're we're actually going to play. We could use some bucks. Yeah. We could get some games out there. Right. So that's a good point. Those conferences kind of screwed those kids a little bit. They absolutely did. I mean, such a strange year, but that's a great example of, you know, not the the, the rules changed on the fly. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but still, I mean, the Steelers and every other team have to weigh that. You know, like, I feel bad for Haven't you, seen kid, them. but that doesn't mean I'm using my fifth-round pick on you instead of somebody else yeah. to play the same position. Now, you, you mentioned Walker Little. That's a, that's going to be one of those cases where, to me, um, you know, when you get to the bottom of the second round or the third mm-hmm. round, and he's still available against somebody who's – Probably a lesser talent. Yeah, right, that's right. where that comes into play. Like exactly. now, maybe somebody looks at him and says, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna use a high second round pick on him because we think he's really talented." Mm-hmm. God bless him. Yeah, great, great. Um, but I, I think you know when you get down to that, maybe that third tier of offensive tackles, you know, maybe once you get past the first dozen, where he's clearly more athletic. And yeah, than the, the I think others. that's where that p- comes into play. Where okay, he didn't play this year. But we think he's a better player than this guy. Mm-hmm. We'll take him, even though he didn't play, you know, in the last year. And I'm trying to think of scenarios too, like I don't know if you're Baltimore, the Jets, Miami, some of these teams now that have a lot more multiple picks. picks yeah, Jacksonville, you know, you don't have as much to lose. Can afford to take that. Yeah, chance. and he can still take a fifth round tackle or whatever. Or let's say Baltimore signs Villanueva or one of these veterans. Now we can wait a year on him. You well, know? that's the other the thing about for that matter. That's, that's the other thing about that is you know, I, I thought it was interesting that, that Colbert noted, um, you know, you don't know what to expect of them in 2021. Well, if yeah. you're taking a developmental tackle, do you really care? Do you really care? Right. Yeah. Right. If, I take, mean, if it takes him, you know, two months to get up to speed again, you weren't planning on playing him anyways. Yeah. I mean, if the Steelers take Walker Little in the middle of the third round, or frankly. Five other developers. Spencer Brown, right, yeah, exactly. who didn't right. play. Yeah, and if they come to camp and they're better than anyone else on your team, you're going to play them. Yeah, but you don't have those. That you didn't take. You're them not with counting those on. Yeah. right, right. Now right. your first and second round picks, you're probably counting on playing. Probably, yeah. probably, yeah. So right. I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. No, I think the third makes it a lot easier. It does make me wonder a little bit about Quinn Miners. I was about to. It's funny we were just thinking the same thing. I'm like, you hear all these reports, he's not getting out of round two, or barely, if, if at all. Yeah. A lot of teams love him. But, boy, it's been a while. I mean, at least he saw the Senior Bowl, though. He he, he practiced he, at the Senior Bowl. He didn't play in the game, though. He didn't play in the game. That's what I think stinks. he left on Wednesday or Thursday yeah. or whatever. Right. He, he saw him for a couple of days of practice. At, and he was great. And he was fantastic, yeah. 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 But. But. I mean, if you're – 
I don't know you can take him over a Creed Humphrey. Right. That's the, that's the right, thing right, like, right. You know, it comes down to. Um, now, Colbert said that the, they talked they – they had Zoom calls with 100 players. Is that a rule? Can you only can you do a hundred? I think or? I think I think it was unlimited this year. Is it okay? Yeah. But obviously you're limited so by time. time day. Yeah. Right, right. Um, because you couldn't talk to players, you couldn't take them out to dinner at the pro mm-hmm. days, you couldn't do all the things that they typically like to do. So sure. they made sure that they talked to a lot of different prospects. And he said he and Mike Tomlin um, attended nine pro days together, and they went to the ones where they could get the most bang for their buck. Right. Why are they at Clemson? Jeez, yeah. Tomlin and, and Colbert are at Alabama. Right. No kidding. Ohio State. So was right. everybody else. Right. Yeah. And they'll go there next year, too. Folks. They went right. to the places where they could see the most prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and even for next yeah. year. I'm like, you're going to talk to people, you know, who you got next year? You know, that's going to come up, too. Like, right. You know. Um, he said as well that they were able to bring in for the NFL medical combine 100 players and then they they got an additional 42 so they had about 142 players that they got okay. really good in person i guess the steelers were able to send their medical i assume people, every team sent a doctor yeah, right uh, to get them in there to give these guys a physical good good and then after like i'm sure landon dickerson is one no, yeah, yeah, yeah he definitely yeah, was right, right, yeah right, that's where the, that's where the reports came out that he was mm-hmm. you know Zayvon Collins, go, yeah, yeah. Zayvon Collins was there for some reason. That's I mean, why. 142. It's the almost as many as I mean, that's close to 50 percent. You know, right. guys of, of names that we know. Yeah, so um, they got medicals. So that's on, really important. They got medicals on 142 guys. Okay. Um, Very recent ones too. Yeah. You know how's that? How's that knee coming along? Or you know. But right. the guys who weren't available for that, he said that they, you know, look, we're going to have to count on our doctors. Our, you know, our medical staff calling around and talking to people who they who they know who've mm-hmm. dealt with these kids. So it goes back to that whole thing again. It's the same thing with the scouts. Communication and yeah. who you know. Who do you know? How long have you been doing your job? Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm sure there's some surgeons like, you know, James Andrews comes to mind. You know that. Well, he did the surgery. Everyone trusts him. The Steelers have probably had a million conversations with him over the years. And there's probably other surgeons whose names I don't know that are similar, but. I don't know. I know so little about medical, obviously. Many people listening know more. Some of these guys, could you be like, hey, send me your latest x-ray or, your, you know what I mean? Like, Give me something that I can evaluate and not just trust another evaluation. I'm just curious how that goes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, it, and he said, look, it's it comes down to trusting those sure. people to give you the right information Barbie because and, you, know, right. you could draft a guy who, quite frankly, can't play. Yeah, he gets here and, I mean – You'd be pretty upset. I think that happened, uh, if I remember correctly, Chris Ferris, if you remember him. The yeah, the big tackle third, from UCLA. Third-round draft pick from UCLA. It was like and, first round buzz with him. Yeah, 98-99. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what year. Um, now, he was healthy at the at draft time. He hurt his, okay. hurt his foot right before training camp. It showed up, and it just ruined his – never, never really Yeah, had yeah. one of those uh, stress fractures in his foot that never really healed, and that was it. Okay, that was his story. Yeah, I remember him. Didn't expect to be, him to be there in the third round. He was on all the lists early on and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah, okay, interesting. Um, no, the whole process is crazy. I mean, I'm sure the Steelers are handling it well. I'm sure Kevin's on top of things, you know, as all teams are. But there's going to be more misses, I would think. You, you would know, think than ever, you know. And he, uh, if you remember the last uh, couple weeks here, the Steelers signed five guys out of tryouts. Yeah, that were guys who were available last year. Did went undrafted. Mm-hmm. Decided to go. They they talked to their schools. They went back. They worked out. 
Uh, and the Steelers signed five of those guys because of the rules that the NCAA put out this year that allowed the seniors to go back for another year. Okay. He said that cut the uh, the UFA class, which is typically between seven and eight hundred players, down to about four hundred players potentially. I see what you're saying. So after the, the, the correct me if I'm wrong. So like when the draft ends. He thinks the pool of undrafted guys to get those numbers up to your camp roster is about is less than ever. Yeah, it's, t- less it's than typically seven hundred, eight hundred players okay. who just who just were seniors who just finished playing football at some level. Gotcha. Which means next year's is going to be massive. Next year's going to be huge, huge, huge. So I mean, there will be more players too that show up out of nowhere, like a Wentz or whatever. Yeah. I would think next year too, just because there's more of them eligible. And they're more experienced. And more experienced and more yeah. eligible, and they got an extra year of tape or whatever too. That's a good point. You know, it, it's probably going to be more competitive to get those undrafted punters or, you know, right. I mean, whatever the positions everybody wants to get an extra guy. Yeah. In, so the, the, the Steelers right now are sitting at 75 players, which is a little bit higher than what they typically are going into the into okay. the draft. So they have eight draft picks. Mm-hmm. We can then assume that they're going to sign at least seven undrafted free agents, which, yeah. which mean, is on the low end. Ten draft picks yeah, usually they right. usually, usually they'll sign that. twelve to fi- or ten to fifteen somewhere in that range. Okay. Well, they don't need to do that this year because they've got their five of them are already on the roster. Okay, that makes sense. Looking further into it, when this applies to all teams, I bet the seventh round's junk. You know what I mean? Like, if unless you've got case, a guy, we might see more punters and things of that nature drafted. Maybe you take of the long snapper, you know, is going to make your team or the punter or a kicker or, you know, something like that. But I bet the teams are looking at this seventh and maybe sixth round, like, I don't think these guys can make my team. Yeah. You know, and, and I've heard people say that, you know, that the, the top of the draft is still strong. The it's middle a, rounds are this strong. This draft is, to me, five rounds deep. Yeah. And then, and then it tails off hard. Every mock we do at the end, it's like, eh, I don't want any of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I find some diamonds in the rough, but if I'm finding diamonds in the rough, they're probably going in the fourth round. I just don't know it. Right. Because every team has 150 guys on their board, and he's, you know, 140 on there, and he goes in the fifth round or whatever. Right. No, I think you're right. I mean, I don't think we'll see a lot of teams trading their sixth and seventh this round for future fifths and things like that because nobody's going to want these picks at the bottom of the draft. Yeah. You know, and and I guess one way we've, one thing we should remember. Maybe even when camp rolls around, is oh that seventh rounder didn't make the 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 team. That's a terrible pick. Well, I'm curious how many do. You know, like I bet there's not a lot of hits with that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Mike Tomlin was actually asked about his starting cornerback job opposite Joe Hayden, mm. which is Cam Sutton. That yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, no yeah. big surprise there. I mean, he didn't hesitate one bit to say his yeah. but right. But he was also asked who his starting left tackle is right now, and he said Chooks for. Really? I guess we didn't know that for sure. I always assumed Banner would be left, Chooks would be right. Well, I was told in the past that they thought Banner was a future starting left tackle, but I, I think he prefers to stay on the right side. I mean, he won the right job he a won year this, ago. Yeah, he won that job last year because of his run blocking. Mm-hmm. Typically, and both have played both. Yeah, but typically you want your better run blocker on the right side. Sure, sure. I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I, I didn't never felt strong about that. And and if you look at their two games, Chooks is more leftish and, and Banner is more rightish. I don't think that matters as much anymore. I know it doesn't matter as much anymore. It's more to me kind of like the Bud Watt conversation of where are you most comfortable? And it's interesting to me. If they both are more comfortable on the right side, Banner might carry more weight then. 
They might think right. Banner's the better well, you player. Won the, yeah, you, know you I mean? won the job last year. So right. I know you were the starter here on the right, but you're moving. You're the one moving because Zach likes right better. I, I don't know. I'm just kind yeah. of spitballing. It here. goes back to the Watt Dupree thing when they mm-hmm. flip flop those sides. Well, TJ was more important. TJ was more. <laughs> right. he's, he's more comfortable on the left side. So guess what? So Bud, you're going to the right. Right. And, then, I mean, and that worked out pretty well. It. it did. It did. And it fit both their skill sets a lot. And this could too. And Chooks has plenty of left, left tackle experience. Makes me wonder if. Villanueva or someone like that still could be in the mix. I don't know. You know, I, I think maybe you just go into this. I think you just draft one and you and know. four guys. Yeah, I mean, that's plenty. And you, you know, you, you've got uh, uh, Joe uh, Joe Hag, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's got experience. You know, I think on both sides and a guard. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he's a good athlete too. Um, I wonder too. Well, I guess I, I was going to say. Does signing Joe Haig mean they're after leaner, former tight end athlete types? Potentially, yeah. But then they signed Banner. <laughs> you know, so I, that's why I kind of hesitated to say that. I think that. he's a little better athlete than he gets credit for. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a college basketball player. Right. I mean, he was a five-star recruit. He actually guy, played right? basketball at USC. Not at, not at some little yeah. slappy school. He play, he was on the team at USC. Yeah. I mean, like we talk about Julius Peppers being the sixth man at UNC. Yeah. This was something fun to do. Well, Banner was able to play Pac-10. Or, yeah, I guess it was Pac-10 at that point. Yeah. You know. Or college basketball, interesting. Um, no, you might be right. I mean, I think that a third round pick could be a, a tackle, something like that, yeah. and then you go in with those four and see how it works out. Uh, Colbert was asked about the running back position and if he believes that um, that position is one that you don't take a first round pick at. And here's what he said: it was is actually pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, let me find it here first. Okay. Um, it's here somewhere. Okay. This is good radio. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay, here it is. Okay. We're tired of us talking anyway. I don't think you can ever underestimate the value of a quality player at any position, and running back is no different. I understand that the game has changed. It's more hor- a horizontal game than it is a vertical game. People don't play traditional football with two back sets and power games. It has changed. But if you have a dynamic player at any position, that player should make a difference, and running back is no different. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Hall of Fame runners, most of those guys were taken in high rounds. I don't ever place that value high or low on a given position. I base it on who the player is and what that player can do to help us. It's a great answer, and I agree with 99% of that, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I don't discredit the the – analytics people out there and like the Panthers aren't killing themselves or aren't upset that they took Christian McCaffrey in the top 10 no I mean even the Rams and Cowboys guys that maybe have re, you know invested too much after the fact I don't think are upset about the draft pick yeah it's a much different conversation to me to invest in a guy long term after his deal is up but let's say the Steelers take Najee Harris at 24 you got him for four years then an option then a franchise you know, you have six years cost controlled with those last two being kind of expensive. Right. But if he's one of the best backs in the league and you get six years out of that guy, four of them cheap. Six years in the NFL is a long it's time. It's an eternity yeah. for a back, you know, and you draft one five years. Really, it's an eternity back. for any player. For anyone, right. If you get any back. You get a six-year career right. out of a draft pick that you did, that was the right pick to make. Yep. But that also kind of contradicts why you don't take running backs, too. Or it contradicts why you do take running backs, too. Because let's say you take Tevin Jenkins with that pick. And you can do the exact same thing, and you don't have to go get a tackle for way more. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can find a back in free agency. But in this year's this year's draft but is so different. different right. um, and again, when he was talking about 
the depth positions in this draft. He said, look, it's really good at offensive tackle, wide mm-hmm. receiver, cornerback. Okay. Uh, the linebackers are, are, are yeah. deep. Yeah, all uh, the ones we've been mentioning. Yeah, right? uh, center is unusually deep. Yeah, very um, much so. You know, and he, he said, said all those? Yeah, he okay. said you know, tight end, quarterback, and, and running back are a little thinner. Little and then the defensive line is awful. Did he did <laughs> he did said he it might be the worst much. class he's seen in his memory. <laughs> It really is. It's it's horrible. Yeah. Again, it's great that they signed Tyson Alou-Alou. I'd love for them just to not have to get yeah. in that market at all. Um, that is a lot of value just not to have to swim. But it, it sets up for them if they if they want to take a running back in the first round mm-hmm. to, to get your center and offensive tackle in two and three because there's yeah. that kind of depth in this draft. I mean, maybe in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, I mean there will there'll be guys in the league that are third, fourth rounders. There'll be know? guys available there. Yeah. Um, you you may get the best center though in the second round in this draft. Yeah, you might, you might. I mean, again, we tend to think I you'll think certainly get. Put it this way, you'll get one of the top three or four centers in this draft. I think there's three I really, really like. Yeah, and I think you, you'll get one of those. One will be there in the at second fifty-five. Round. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm curious, just overall in the league, will tackles go a little higher than we think? You know, like. All of a sudden, you see this this Ravens trade, and like the Ravens have two first round picks. I bet like Eichenberg is one of their picks, or you know, just because there's a lot doesn't mean they're going to fall. But I still think you'll get good ones in the third, fourth round. They'll just be developmental. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I just think people will be happy. And if you're going to give me a tackle that I have a twentieth overall grade on at thirty, I'll take them. You know. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, but centers aren't just viewed the same. At the way. same time, you know, I, I think it did. Slow down the offensive tackle free agency. There's moves. a few out there. Still. There's still some out there. Yeah, uh, but it was curious to me that the obviously that the Chiefs looked at that and said, "Well, Orlando Browns, we know what he is. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, we know he's a start. He can he can play left tackle in this league, so that's worth the 31st pick in the draft for us." And you know. I think the other factor there too is there's a lot more not prototypical lefts. You know, like Tevin yeah. Jenkins is a really nice player, but he'd probably be more of a, more of a typical right. Eichenberg is a little short-armed, you know, probably better on the right or but guard. You Brown know? isn't a prototypical left. Yeah, but he's he just showed that he could, left. He yeah. just showed that he could do it he last could show year. He could do it. Yeah. And, you know, it, athletically, he, if, you, if you looked at him athletically next to these, these guys in this draft. He's worse than all of them. Yeah. I mean, he's not even close. Idiot. <laughs> and I think he's a good player, and I think that's a good trade for Kansas City. And their line looks dramatically different than when they you know, lost the Super Bowl, obviously. But that guy, I, heard, I was listening to Ross Tucker's podcast, a former lineman friend of mine. He says, and he's, he's not the only one believing this, the Ravens have the most offensive line-friendly offense I've ever seen oh, in my life at any level. It's all football. run blocking. Right. And he's going to do the total. He's a good pass blocker, but he's going to pass block way more now than he used to. You yes. know what I mean? Against Chubb and Bosa. And, you know, and they're like, going to know he's passing. And right, it's, yeah, it's, right. And he's not coming off the ball mashing people over and over and over. Yeah. So I think it's still a good trade. Left tackles are hard to find. But it's a lot different for him. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about this, but the Ravens uh, are talking about signing Alejandro Villanueva mm-hmm. in I guess I guess they had but, Dennis Kelly in today too. I guess they would potentially put him at right tackle. It's funny. I was on Baltimore radio last week, and they were asking me about Al, you know, and I gave him my very honest opinion, most of it very positive, especially his leadership and the the player he is and all that. And I thought, yeah, but it's kind of curious because I don't know if he's a right tackle, and they brought him in for a visit pre- right about that time, and I assume that's what the visit centered around like yeah. how comfortable are you playing on the right side or uh, that's i mean he did up. it early in his career 
but he's a left tackle. But his his issue last season wasn't with his pass blocking per se. No, it was his run blocking. Right. He got he got very little movement in run blocking. I didn't think he was a real good fit. Yeah. When I when I left the air, you know, when we summed it up, like it would make more sense for Indianapolis to sign him and play put him at left tackle. Absolutely. Than it would for Baltimore to sign him and put him at right tackle. Right. And you even mentioned it when he went there the first time. Does that mean maybe Stanley's not a hundred percent? Well, that's camp? possible. Yeah. You know, if you draft Eichenberg or whoever, and or Tevin, I'm sure they love Tevin Jenkins. You know, guys yeah. like that. Could Al be the left tackle for the first month and maybe be a swing guy or, you know, be your pseudo big tight end? You know, the sixth offensive lineman, I'm sure that's something that they'll do plenty yeah. of too. But, I mean, he's an old dog to, te- to teach that new trick. I know he's done it, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been right quite there. a while. And, right. you, you know, you get used to coming out of those sets with your yeah. your left foot is back. and you know He's not a great run blocker. That's the other part of the equation. Yeah, that's, that's all they do. Yeah. You know, like that, that fit doesn't make sense to me, except for they probably – Respect him as an opponent and as a That's what that tells me. Like, the Steeler Steeler fans who were killing him, well, he stinks, he's awful, he's this, Mm -hmm. he's that. Well, the Ravens have played against him twice a year for the last better part of the decade. I'm sure they have great respect for the man and the opponent. And, you know, that's what I took out of it. They don't don't even bring him in for a a talk if they didn't think he was still Mm -hmm. good. I mean, I I think Kelly makes more sense. I mean, I'd rather Val. I think he's a better player. But Kelly's been a swing tackle his whole life. Yeah. Played both sides. He's a typical third. You know, you draft one in the first round. You got two first-round picks. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Another thing that we didn't talk about um, was the trade back. Now, uh, Colbert said that they, the Steelers aren't going to be trading up. That's highly unlikely. They value their eight picks. Yeah, yeah They're going to come up with their – they don't do a mock draft, but they'll do a, a mock draft based on who they would pick at each of those 24 spots. Essentially so, setting setting okay. their board to, to down to kind of like we have with the top twenty four. What we've done with like, our top twenty four. Worst, worst case scenario, our twenty fourth guys sitting yeah. there, which never happens. They gave up on doing the whole mock draft and trying to figure out who's going to. Okay, they're going to take this guy. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Right. Who do we have value in, in these picks? So that that's their sense. that's their twenty four. Um, the trade down, however, in the first round got a little more difficult with that Kansas City trade because you think Baltimore's. Because now there there are three team there are three of the picks behind them in the in the first round are owned by Cleveland and Baltimore. Yeah, they're not going to make trades with those teams. I, I don't know that the Steelers have to stay in the first round if they trade down. But you're right. I mean, I hadn't thought about that. So yeah. there's what they're already at 24. So right. that only leaves you five spots to move down to if you want to stay in the first round. Five out of or three out of eight are gone. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Although I didn't. Th- <laughs> Steelers traded with Wormley with Baltimore. Yeah, that was a fifth I, I know round it's pick a, though. It's a minor yeah. deal. I was a little shocked Kansas City and Baltimore did business. I was, I was as know? well, but I, I can't see the Steelers and Ravens tra- swapping first round picks. First round picks to help each other out. Nah, that uh, doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't jive. And I don't right. see Cleveland and the Pittsburgh. You know, they're only no. a couple of picks apart. No. Um, so that only leaves you five spots if you want to stay in the first round. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, quite frankly, when we were making some of our mock drafts, they were one of the teams that was trying to trade with us all of, to to get up into. That makes sense. Tampa often does too. Yeah. I'm not sure what Tampa would want. I don't. Yeah, they, they, there would have to be somebody there. We got to have this guy. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. And that's what I was sitting here thinking is, besides the Steeler obvious targets, who do you want sitting there that people might want? Maybe one of the edge guys. Maybe Mac Jones falls. I, yeah, I, and I don't see that. Even that yeah. too. I, I mean, uh, Zayvon Collins, JOK. Maybe maybe, maybe JOK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't see him being a, a, a great fit for the Steelers. Or, yeah, one of the four, three one of those, edge rushers. Yeah. Phillips or Pay or one of those guys, I could see. It, it makes more sense to me. I'm not sure a tackle is going to stand out so much, and Steelers might just take him if he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
No, I agree. I don't think it's Mo Ring. No. You know. No, there's the. I mean, he's not special enough just because he's. A, I don't think it's Barmore. You know. But. Yeah. That could be. A, you know, if you if you're a team that doesn't have a defensive tackle and you want to, he's the best one. He's the only one you first run grade on. Yeah. Maybe. That could happen. Maybe. Yeah, it's an odd draft that way. I don't think a receiver would jump out at me. But I could definitely see one of the inside linebackers. Maybe somebody wants to get up ahead of Cleveland and maybe Baltimore or some of those teams. Yeah, that, I guess that makes some sense. Or Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. But some of those teams that, you know, where you're looking at it kind of like what happened a few years ago in that in, when the Steelers got shut out on the inside linebackers, you saw some because there were there were four that year. You saw all the potholes. And you saw the, the teams make, make their moves to go up and get those. Mm-hmm. And Knowing who they had to get ahead of. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, I can see Cleveland being in the market for a Collins or a JOK or somebody like that, trying to get ahead of them. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. But uh, that's going to do it for fun. this segment of the, uh, of the drive. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Recht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. We appreciate you listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased to be joined now by uh, somebody who's going to be working with us a lot uh, later this week. That would be Adam Crowley, of course, uh, the former... Host of uh, ESPN 970's uh, afternoon show. It's gonna be fun. What'd you call that show? Well, that was the Crowley show. Oh, that was the Crowley show. I, I couldn't show. couldn't remember that one. That was, uh, but uh, Adam, it's good to have you on here. And as I mentioned, you're going to be doing a lot of uh, draft coverage with us here later this week. In fact, you're on with us from uh, with Matt and I from nine to eleven on Thursday. That should put us in prime Ooh, yeah. area for the Steelers draft pick. That's exactly right. Uh, I don't know why I got the privilege of being with you two at that precise moment. But we I asked for you, you know. Well, that's it. I mean, you just want somebody you can push around, somebody you can boss around. You we want somebody to overshadow us, stuff. right. Exactly. <laughs> I certainly can't do that. No, it's going to be fun, brother. I can't wait. We'll bring a lot of energy to the group. Adam, uh, when you're looking at this draft, and I'm sure you've studied it like everybody else, um, and I mentioned it, you're going to be there with us. When that when the Steelers make that pick at twenty four, what is your expectation here? What where are you leaning at in terms of this? I think everybody knows where Matt and I are leaning uh, in terms of what we think is going to happen here. What's uh, what's your thought on it? Ideally, I don't love running backs in the first round for all of the reasons that everybody states. You know, the fifth year option. I was looking at the, the top running backs last year, not in the draft, but just overall in terms of rushing yards and. You know, there are other ways to measure it back, obviously, but the top six guys in terms of rushing yards that led the league last year, none of them were first-round picks. So I think you can typically find guys outside of that first round. What I worry about this year is that, like, the first four or five tackles will come off the board, and then you're sitting there, and and maybe the best value pick uh, is a running back. So I'm not going to say I hate it if they wind up with a running back. I, I definitely wouldn't. But I would rather see them be able to get a tackle. But the way I look at it is I think that there are going to be some better tackles a little bit later on, and I do think that there is a drop-off after definitely those three top running backs. Do you agree, though, that when you look at the the Steeler position rooms, position groups right this minute, running back's the one that I think is the weakest? 
I do. I do agree with that. Th- that's why, you know, I, I would love if if you knew what would happen, right? But you, you can't. And you could get a Jenkins at 24 if he were there. Or, you know, uh, a Dylan Redunds falls to 55 if he were there. And then I'd feel comfortable, you know, if 24, if there's a running back there and you got Redunds at 55, okay, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely need an up, upgrade in that room. I know a lot of people are, are taking what Mike Tomlin said today, the Steelers said today, that they feel like they could be better with the guys they have in the room. And I already saw Madden. He quotes, tweets it, and says, if they really believe they're going to upgrade there. It, it just depends <laughs> mm-hmm. on, on the way in which they upgrade there. They're definitely going to add to the room. I mean, it might not be right. a first round. Both of them. I mean, honestly, the offensive line room, you could even add tight end to that group. All, right. your, all your guys that do your that are the majority of your run game, mm-hmm. they're going to add players at all those positions, whether it be in the draft or, yeah. you know, if tight end, maybe they add, uh, you know, guy after the draft or something like that. But they're not going to stand pat with those positions. And, and the scheme is going to change. I mean, they, they have a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator. I mean, I, I think it's all the above was the problem. Let me ask you guys this. Like, Najee Harris, uh, obviously, in a lot of people's minds, uh, is is the guy for the Steelers and is the number one running back. But, you know, do you worry much about not having the huge, huge plays in college? Like, does that matter to you? Like, that was always a talking point with Le'Veon Bell, where he doesn't have the breakaway speed. To me, that kind of thing I don't so much care about. I, I don't either because you get your chunk plays in the passing game in today's NFL, but when it's third and one, third and two, you better be able to pick that up. Or if it's first and ten and you get five yards on first down by running the football, that I don't need to get twenty five yards every time he touches no. the ball. No, I, I'm in the same camp. It's certainly nice. Like I think the two best ball carriers in the NFL right now are Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, and those guys will run away from people and break the eighty yarder here and there, and it, and it's a wonderful thing to have. But I would rather have the. The Lev Bell is a good comparison. You know, when six is blocked, you get nine or ten, you know, mm-hmm. and, and create on your own. And you mentioned it, I think, Adam. I don't know we brought this up enough, but their short yardage offense has been so bad. And it's not just the running back position, but this guy scored a million touchdowns. I mean, he's great right. in short yardage. Fourth and one. I mean, that's you know, and he catches the football, and that to me is the whole difference. Yeah. I mean, he's not Derrick Henry, where he can only no. throw him the ball once a game and hope he catches it and take you know does something with it. I think I think Najee Harris is a guy. If you get him out in space and he catches the football, you're going to see big plays come out of that. I honestly believe he can become a Lev Bell, 230 pound receiving matchup, and he's going to run guys over in the secondary, and then the younger, then smaller <laughs> guys are covering him, and yeah. right, right, right. So, yeah, I wish he was a 4-4 flat guy and could take it to the house, but I don't really care. It's low on my list. Well, now I'm, now I'm picking your brains here. Cause I, Do this it. Is, to me, this is just We're a, practicing this is a for this week. Here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a warm-up for Thursday night. You know, a lot has been made about the, the age factor for Najee Harris. And then also, I mean, really with ETN, too. I mean, just the, the amount of burn that these guys have gone through uh, throughout their collegiate careers. Is that scary off with either of those guys either? Initially, I, I looked at that, and I had 
Javante Williams a little bit higher because of that because he's only 21. He just turned 21. There's like two years difference. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, in two years is I mean, it's two extra years that you mm-hmm. potentially have the guy. But you know, we were just talking about this in the previous segment. Okay, so you get five years of Najee Harris on his on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Pick up the option that gets him to 28, 29. You can then franchise tag him for that sixth year. And then, Send him on his way. You probably don't want him after that anyway. And you don't want him after that anyways. That's going to be the same for any running back. And if you get six years out of a running back in today's NFL, you got the you got the max value out of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big yeah, believer so. in there's only X amount of carries in that body, and he used them up already. Yeah. Not everybody's know. Adrian Peterson. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure that he's makes – I 100% agree with Dale's point that it doesn't bother me big picture because it's a running back and he's not going to be here big picture anyways. It would be different if it's a receiver or a different position. But – I don't think it makes him more likely to get injured either, just because he has more wear and tear. No, actually, I think that goes the other way. The fact that they have He's handled a, a heavy workload and not gotten injured, I think, is a, is a check mark in their favor. You know, these guys that I, I'm not going to bang Javante. Man is, is yeah, skill. I'm not going to bang Javante Williams for that, but he's sure. not he's not done that. No, and it's lovely when you look at it and say, "Boy, he, his tires have a lot of tread on him still." But boy, Greg Cotell talks about that's my argument with Trey Sermon. Like, yes, Trey Sermon. Okay, he had a couple of good games, but when he was asked to be the man, even at Oklahoma, and and carry the football thirty times, he got hurt. He got hurt, right? Right. I think. Yeah, I I look at those top three. Like, if if I've done a bunch of these mock drafts, right? As as everyone has, and you know, sometimes Javante Williams is there in the second round. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think in reality that that those three are going to be there past thirty six. Like I just don't see that happening. Like if I could, if I could be told that there's a fifty fifty shot even of Javante Williams being there at fifty five. I mean, I would, I would absolutely go crazy about that. Me too. And well, let, let me, let me ask you guys this. So because like, I, I love David Collins. I mean, who doesn't, right? And then, you know. Caleb Farley as well. Man, if he's there, we're talking about best pure guy on the board. Injury concerns be damned. I mean, that's another guy at 24 that I'm thinking, boy, I, I would seriously consider that. Yeah, he's one that, that Matt and I have talked about, and, and you kind of hope that somebody else makes that decision for you and takes him yeah. before you before you have to make that yeah. decision because, you know, it almost becomes a, a situation where – you know, can you can you afford to pass on a guy who, when this whole process started, I had him as my top ranked quarterback or cornerback. Um, you know, can you pass on that guy at twenty four? I I don't know, but I don't I don't see I don't know what the medicals are. I also don't know, Adam, if the Steelers look at corner as much of a need as fixing the run game. You know, I think they really right. like Sutton. None of us know what they think of Lane. Farley's hard to ignore, and you might regret it in a huge way. But I think their first-round pick needs to be a leadoff double and not a swing for the fences. I understand, uh, and, and I, I do agree with that. Um, you can't miss. You can't you miss. You can't miss in and this that's year. What, like Landon Dickerson, I It's kind of the same too. way. It's the same exact thing. Like I would take him in a heartbeat at 24 if all else was being equal if he were sitting there. I think he's a slam dunk prospect apart from the medicals, but the medicals, they, they obviously scare you. Trading back is, is obviously something that to me makes an awful lot of sense depending on how the board falls. So we'll see. 
but as far as the tackles are concerned, like where's it become too rich for you to where you say, like, I don't know, I don't want to take Samuel Cosme at 24. Like, is that the line? I think it's a Tevin Jenkins, and then there's a little bit of a gap between. Yeah. And maybe it's only. F- I think there's four I would take. I think it's 10 to 15 people. picks, but it's, but it's 10 to 15 picks. Right. I don't think Eichenberg. I don't think Cosme. I think Jenkins would be too hard to pass up and yeah. such a masher. Darisaw, I don't think, will be there, and I know Slater and Sewell won't be. Right. It's those four at the top, and then there's a little bit of a gap there between mm-hmm. four and five. And then between the gap between five and 15, 15 to 17 <laughs> isn't very big. I mean, and that's why I think this draft, I think, sets up to take an offensive tackle in round two or three because the value is just as good as the one that you would take at 24. And, Adam, I kind of mentioned this with Justin Lane, too, and I do think this is a Steelers version of a a rebuild and they didn't have a ton of resources. But my hunch is, and Dale brings this up all the time, too, is they like some guys on their roster better than maybe Steeler Nation does. And Zach Banner is like the poster boy for that, too. Like, yeah, they could use a tackle, and you should never turn your nose up at a – legit first-round tackle, no matter what your team looks like. But I think they can live with what they have, and their best days might be ahead of the three that they have. Yes, I agree with that. Now I'm thinking through you – know, they're almost different answers, but what what I think makes the Steelers the best this year, you know, gives them the chance to compete for a championship or whatever this year, is if they get a tackle – and if they get a running back. You know, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe even an interior lineman, like like a center and then a running back. Well, I, think I, think those, I think those first three picks have to be in the order, I think, has to be running back and then either offensive tackle center or center offensive tackle. I think the running back has to come first just because of the, the scarcity of the, of the guys in the guy. draft. And then you can get value at those other two positions that your second-round center or your third-round center may start from day one. Your, your, your offensive tackle that you take could start from day one uh, because of the, the depth in the draft at, these, at those three positions. Adam, how about this? Let's say Miami scoops up Najee Harris, though, and it's ATN looking at you in the face or Williams. Are, I guess ATN's a question I have to you. Are you comfortable with him as your bell cow back? I mean, he's a little different stylistically. Yeah, I think that I am. Uh, to me, Najee Harris would be the guy that I want at 24. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't there, you know, Zayvon Collins is staring me in the face, and right. I'd want to see that happen. I'm not sure that that happens either. You know, um, again, the, the question for me is, where does Javante Williams wind up going? Um, h- how big of a drop-off is there for, for Kenneth Gainwell? Because I, I really like Kenneth Gainwell, too. Uh, Gainwell too. Um, Najee Harris is the guy that I would feel most comfortable with picking at 24, though. I think he's the most well-rounded, you know, in terms of a huge problem I think their running back room has had, and this would apply to Gainwell, is when he's on the field – the, the defense is thinking pass. You know, like when Snell yeah. is on the field, the defense is thinking run. You know, Harris gives you all the above. Am I allowed to give a take no. apart from the Steelers here? Sure, go right ahead. I just love Justin Fields. 
I just I really love Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a hell of a player at the NFL. Well, you're, you're talking to the Justin Fields fan club here with Matt and I. We think he's the number two quarterback in this draft, and I can't believe that it makes no sense to me. Other people, the people are talking about him falling out of the top ten. I don't care if he's, you know, you hear the stuff. Oh, he's got epilepsy. He's not a good leader. He's not. That's Doesn't people trying to talk him down. I, yeah. to, to me, yeah. I think that's that's you know coming out of places like Washington and Chicago, or you know, hey, let's see if we can get this guy down into the teens where we can get him because I, I he, he's a better version of Lamar Jackson. Crowman, here's my theory. Not even theory. Here's my fear in my worst nightmare. I think Justin Fields is going to be a New England Patriot somehow, well, some way. I hope Mac Jones is a New England Patriot. Like yes. if, if they take a quarterback, that would be the guy that I, I would want them to take. Justin Fields, he's got all the traits. You know, not a leader. That's To me, that's a joke. You know, all I need to do watch is watch game. that game against Clemson. And it's just, why, why wouldn't you want to take that guy? And I always make fun of this stuff, like leading up to the draft. And not you guys, because you guys actually pay attention uh, Mike Pursuta actually pays attention. But there's a whole bunch of radio folk who, you know, pr- pretend like they know and they, they copy stuff other people do and they, they lie for a couple of days leading up to the draft, right? And you see players rise and fall on draft boards <laughs> dramatically. And, you know, like Justin Fields was the second quarterback on everybody's board while football was being played. And then the second football stopped being played – now all of a sudden Justin Fields starts falling. Like I'm sorry, I just I just think that's a little bit ridiculous. Um, I get Trey Lance, I, I get the allure, but at the same time, like I had time to evaluate everything that he did, and I'm not one of you guys, right? Who who's just like eating this stuff even while you sleep. Now you can watch all of his 17 games. You can watch his one game from last year. Um, there's not a lot of tape there, and there's no tape against legitimate quality competition, whereas I know what Justin Fields has done against quality competition, like Clemson in the darn semifinal. I'll be honest, Adam. I, I was more impressed, and he played great against Clemson, but that game against Northwestern where he, he's playing with a sprained wrist that mm-hmm. really it. limits his throwing, and he was still able to win that football game. Why? Well, be, partly because of Trey Sermon, but he was able to run the ball too in that game. Yeah. And and that's what he gives you. Okay, we're not having a lot of success throwing, or it's a, a sloppy day and he can't throw the football. Okay, we'll just run the ball. And, and, and he's Ohio, a big enough guy to do it. Ohio State's obviously immensely talented and has better football players than Northwestern. But they were also riddled with COVID late in the year, yeah. too. I wow. mean, they, they were playing with a lot of guys that they didn't plan on playing with. And then I, I, I heard an interview with his coach, too. You know, for the national championship game, Justin Fields had like half a practice because he was so injured. Yeah. He didn't even practice for the you know the biggest game of the year, and still, I, I think he's easily the number two guy. Yeah, I, well, I don't get it. It's funny, like you remember, uh, oh darn, Byron Leftwich, right? Whenever he's getting carried down the field at Marshall, and everyone's going, "Oh my God, this guy's a great leader." You block a shot in hockey, you shatter your femur, and you go out for the next shift. You're a great leader. Meanwhile, Justin Fields is out there banged up against Northwestern, and you know people are going to question the performance. Um, I just think sometimes that, that things get overthought, and I think that's a situation that could be going on here or it could be you know your typical smokescreen stuff. No, I, I agree as well, and uh, to your point about uh, you know some of the other quarterbacks, who did Zach Wilson play against last year that was any good? That guy was never well, under pressure. Uh-huh. 
Come they didn't play anybody right last year. Right. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get hit a lot more with the Jets. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, you it, know what? That's not sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, go ahead. Not to say that I that I don't like Zach Wilson. Like I do think you know the word that keeps coming up is spontaneous. Yeah. And I do think that that's something that at this level or at any level, I love it. Um, I do understand. Um, why Trey Lance would have people all excited about him. And I, I even get it to an extent, obviously, with Mac Jones. But, you know, I just – I look at Justin Fields, and I just see I just see a dynamite kind of playmaker who has everything you want at this level. And I think sometimes we can just we – can, we can overthink things. No, I think – well, this is the, uh, you know, paralysis by overanalysis time of year. That's it. Uh, just to give people a, a little bit of a preview here of what's going to happen here the rest of the week on uh, on Steelers Nation Radio and, uh, of course, the iHeart uh, shows here on DVE. We're going to be simulcast on uh, WBGG and SNR, as I mentioned, uh, Friday or Wednesday night. Uh, Matt, um, myself, and Mike Pursuta will do a show from 7 to 9. That'll be also on DVE. Then uh, kicking off draft coverage on Thursday, you'll have myself, Jerry Dulak, and Matt Williamson from 7 to 9. Adam will be joining us from 9 to 11. Uh, to, uh, again, be there for that Steelers pick. We'll have a lot of fun with that. Uh, the following night, uh, you're going to see um, Mike Pursuta joining uh, Matt and Jerry Dulak from 6 to 9, and then Arthur Motes and myself will be joining Matt from 9 to 12. Kicking off Saturday at noon it will be Mike Pursuta, Matt Williamson, and Adam Crowley. Uh, then Lolly, myself, Lolly, uh, Crowley and Williamson from uh, 2 to 4. And then finishing off the draft will be me, Matt, and Wes Euler taking it home. Uh, and then, of course, uh, next Monday you can tune into uh, another uh, simulcast show on WDVE uh, with Mike Pursuta, myself, and Matt Williamson. Really looking forward to all the coverage this weekend. And uh, haven't seen I've I've seen you in passing a couple of times. I see you peeking in the door. The other day you stuck your nose in. I heard over our shoulder while we were talking. Yeah, I mean, so transparency. So like my dad, he had to get a heart transplant. So he's been he's been sick like the entire entire covid era right and he lives a couple blocks away so i've been doing all kind of stuff over there helping them and so i didn't i wasn't trying to see anybody and then you know kill my dad so i haven't done anything i was talking to pursuita the other day and i was like oh you got vaccinated you're probably going to be able to go belly up to a bar and he said crowley other people have actually been doing things pal (laughs) So, <laughs> Matt and I have gone out a couple of times here in the last uh, last couple of months. Yeah. We've, we've, we've the, taken the, the wives Lollies out. The Williamsons have been uh, chummy lately at the, at the local establishments. See, here's the thing. I just got – I'm now double-vaxxed. My dad <laughs> I get mine tomorrow. He's double-vaxxed. See, you're getting your jab tomorrow. I mean, we're all going to be sitting in the same room, breathing the same air for like six hours, and I'm excited about it. There you go. Yeah. Well, plenty of draft coverage. Can't wait for that. And, of course uh, – Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, uh, again, get that Steelers draft pick uh, Thursday. Sometime, I'm hoping closer to 9 than 11. But I'm not real, yeah, po- I'm, I'm not real optimistic that's going to happen. I'm hoping 11 after a trade down. Well, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. But uh, we'll let you go, Adam. We appreciate you stopping by, and we will see you on Thursday night. Uh, you're bringing the beer, right? I will bring the beer. I think it's only right. Uh, I, I would like to set foot in one of those uh, beer-buying establishments. There'll be Jameson there, too. Don't worry. Well, you're going to be there. so I <laughs> <laughs> He didn't tell you it's already going to be drank. It's going to be in his belly. Uh, 
But, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, Adam Crowley. We appreciate him dropping by, as we always do. Always uh, fun to talk with Adam. And uh, this is uh, you're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Um, we got a couple more minutes here before we go to break. But uh, interesting stuff there from Adam on uh, a lot of things that we've talked about here. Yeah. He, I think, it's, he, it's I think he's good. a regular listener to the show. Well, I mean, it, it, I just think the more, you know, intelligent people digging into this thing more and more and you weigh needs and understand the, the team – there's not a lot of choose your own adventure paths that get you where you want to be unless you go more or less, you know, back, center, then to be determined and probably tackle. Yeah. But, boy, you get three picks at a back, center, and tackle, you can you, change your running game in a hurry. You've just fixed your offensive line, presumably, mm-hmm. if not this year, certainly next. Because you a lot of options, and you, some of those tackles could go to guard if there's injuries. You get and, you know, really young on your offensive line. And cheap. And cheap. And cheap. Yeah. I mean, it's nice if you don't have a bazillion dollars invested in and offensive line. And you pretty line. much know who your, who your eight or nine linemen that you're taking to, into, the NFL, into the regular season are going to be. Yeah, the guys that will be active, and they can work themselves out of who's, you know, DeCastro's the only one making a lot of money. With all respect to Pouncey and Villanueva, I mean, those guys were ate a lot of cap. You yeah. Know? I mean, it, it, it's, an, it's a nice way to structure your team. And I did a mock the other day, and I didn't get the tackle – in the top three rounds. But I took one in, like, the fourth and fifth. Yeah. And one of them had guard versatility and, like, hey, I'll throw another lineman in the mix because guys get hurt and someone's not yeah. going to work out and maybe DeCastro retires in a year from now or has a bad year. or I mean, who's to say, you know? So, when in doubt, throw one in the mix even in, like, the fifth round. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it was interesting when the linebacker position was mentioned uh, today to Mike Tomlin and, and Kevin Colbert. Their eyes kind of lit up a little bit, like, and, and, and Colbert's like, this this uh, this linebacker group is really deep. Yeah, he said, you know, back when he said it was interesting. He said when we took uh, Ryan Shazier in the first round, I think it was to 2015. Yeah, I believe okay. 2014 or 15. Yeah, he was the outlier. Like, sure, he was the okay. He can. He don't. You never have to take him off the field. You don't have to worry about him in coverage. Just now. That's I mean, the norm. The Bush and White yeah. draft. I mean, it was those two and then a drop-off. Yeah. Now know? that's the norm. He said, you're seeing all these linebackers now because, team, again, teams have to cover what they're seeing. You know, yeah. you have to defend what you're seeing. Or yeah. whatever, you're you better have linebackers that can run. Guys that can play in space. I mean, I think that linebackers have gotten a lot more advice, too. Like, work on your <laughs> on your. Uh, or if you're a bigger safety. Hey, coach, how about I move to linebacker? I can, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm 6'1", 220 pounds. Guys like Barron and yeah. Buchanan led those the way, used to but... stay at Those guys used to stay at safety and be a mm-hmm. thumper. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't need a thumper anymore at safety. Yep, and if you're a 220-pound running back and you run a 4-5-ish, let's move you to linebacker. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're seeing receivers move you're, to you're corner. Son, right? you're fourth on the depth chart. We can, right. get you, we can get you on the field right away. And you can run and play and you understand what offense they're trying to do and change direction. I do think there's a lot of them. I wonder where that fits in for the Steelers. Like, I don't think Javon Collins in the first rounds out of the, out of the question. I'm not sure there's a second one, that, a second rounder that jumps off the page for me. I, I, yeah. You know, but third and fourth, yeah. But that might mean you don't get a tackle till the fourth round or fifth round. Right. I mean, if you take two of them, maybe you're okay. Yeah. I mean, or, there's there's always know. that potential for that, and and it's hard to fill them all. It, it is hard to fill them all, especially when you throw a cornerback in there as well. Right. 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 You know, there's there are definitely mention an edge guy and a tight yeah, end. definitive and, you know, needs right. here that you need to fill. Uh, and, sixth and seventh round yeah. can be real fruitful for you. You know, yeah, I think you have an easier time finding the edge 
mm-hmm. in the sixth or seventh because you're looking for an undersized defensive end. Yeah, you're not looking for a true, you know, three down linebackers are going to be covered. Yeah, you're yeah, not right. looking for a six five, two hundred ninety pound guy who can rush the passer a little bit. Those guys are all gone. Mm-hmm. No, you're, right. In the sixth round, you're looking for that six two, two hundred fifty pound guy who, you know, the four three teams are looking at and saying, well, he can't play for us. No. There's also some veterans out there, too, that can yeah. fill that need for it. At all these positions, to be honest, I I looked at the – I guess it was NFL.com, or no, it was Pro Football Focus, put out their 50 best still guys available, and I hadn't looked at that list for a while, but I'm like, Steelers could use him. They could use him, you know, yeah. league minimum type deals. you know. Which is what's going to happen after yeah. the draft. Teams will fill those spots. Yep, so. without question, without question. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. We want to thank, uh, again, Adam Crowley for joining us here in the segment. We want to thank Jacob Recht as well for keeping us on the air throughout the course of the segment and patching us through to Adam correctly. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. And, Matt, it is time for our penultimate mock draft. <laughs> We've done a lot of them. We've but... done a lot of them. Now we're getting down to uh, brass tacks here. Yep. And two more left, I guess. Two huh? left. And the Steelers are on the clock at 24. Okay. The pick's right ahead of them. The Dolphins at 18 took Najee Harris. I think that's possible. At 19, Washington takes Aziz Ojolari. Okay. I at, don't know why they would do that. I don't know either, but... Fair enough. He's gone. At 20, Chicago takes Caleb Farley. Interesting. At 21, the Colts take Samuel Cosme. Okay. That doesn't break my heart. No. At 22, the Titans take Quiddy Pay. I think that makes perfect sense. At 23, the Jets take Creed Humphrey. Really? Hmm. That would kind of be a Joe Douglas thing to do. So, we are up at 24, the top guys available. Greg Newsom. I would be fine with that. Elijah Vera Tucker. That doesn't do it for me. Rashad Bateman. Travis Etienne. Jamin Davis. Joseph Asai. Zavin Collins. Tevin Jenkins. Jason Oa. Uh, Moerig. Gregory Rousseau. Terrace Marshall. So some there's some options there. We have th- trade offers. Okay. I for- would say, as is, I change my mind on this all the time, but if Harris is gone... I would take Zaven Collins and I think Jenkins over the other two backs. I don't know if you agree with that. If I had to pick there. Here's my problem with that theory. Oh, is I know that the problem is what you deal with later. Then you're not going to get a You're not going to get a back. You're not going to get one of the three. Yeah. Yeah, right. I hear you. Which is why we have to entertain these trade back Oh, proposals. I think so, yeah. The Raiders are offering pick 48, That's 79, and their 2022 second round draft pick. That's a lot. For pick 24 and pick 254. That's hard to pass up, that's but a, I don't know that 48 gets us a running back, but that's good enough for me to take that chance. That's Yeah, that's two really good picks Raiders this second year. second-round pick next year makes me very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's one offer. The Bills are offering pick 30 and their 2022 third-round draft pick okay. for pick 24. They could come get ATN. They could. You know, but I don't think you'd not – I think Williams would still be there 28. I mean, you're still yeah. getting it back. And we're getting a third-round pick next year. What was it? I'm sorry, I, I lost – Count I, 
30 in their 2022 third-round draft pick for the 24th pick. Not a great haul. That's not great. Yeah. I'm not sure that's even fair value. Uh, the Chargers are offering pick 47, pick 77 in their 2022 second-round draft pick. That's the same deal the Chargers. Or for the, the 24, the only difference is you're getting 47 instead of 48. And yeah, it's get, a little earlier. And, and you're get, rooting against the Chargers as opposed to the Raiders. I think Chargers might have a better year, but that's not enough for me to change my tune. Yeah. Let's do it. You want to do that one? Yeah. Okay, we'll accept that. So we're getting pick 47, 77, and the Chargers' second-round draft pick for pick 24. So we don't talk about this enough, but I think most people recognize. We're not going to be happy with what happened here. I'm sure we won't. Uh, that doesn't break my. That, that doesn't blow me away. But I think you, what you have to remember is when we're having this conversation next year, probably we're saying the Steelers have their first, their second, their third, a Bud comp pick, and the Chargers second. I mean, that's five picks next year in the top 100 for sure. Right. That's pretty nice. Okay. So here's what happened. I'm sure the running backs went, huh? At 43, San Francisco took Quinn Miners. Ooh. At 44, Kelvin Joseph went to the Cowboys. At 45, the Jaguars took Javante Williams. Hmm. At 46, Ronnie Perkins, the edge rusher out of Oklahoma, went to the Patriots. I assume ATN's already gone, too. ATN is long gone as well. ATN went to the Ravens in the first round with that pick 31. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they have extra picks. I mean, they could, if they fell in love with them, okay. No matter what, I don't know that they, he would have been there anyway. No, yeah, I so forty. to me, 45 is about as low as those backs could go. I mean, we were – we didn't say this at the time, but I think you and I know each other well enough that when we moved to 45, we probably gave ourselves a two-and-five chance of getting Williams. Yeah. You know. So here's what we got. See, I kind of like this, though. There's a couple backs I don't hate in third and fourth round all of a sudden. I've been doing more and more research on them. It's not ideal, but we're going to get other stuff. So here's the problem. We know Creed Humphrey's gone. I know, and Miners. Miners is gone. Landon Dickerson is still available. It's hard to make that your first pick, knowing his – I mean, the offensive tackles. You're looking at Dylan Raddins, Liam Eikenberg, Jalen Mayfield, Spencer Brown, Walker Little, Brady Christensen, uh, Stone Forsyth, James Hudson. There's some guys there that – I would take Dickerson over all those, especially because you just named ten names. Uh, running backs – Top guy, obviously, Michael Carter, Kenneth Gamewell, Trey Sermon, yep. Ramonde Stevenson. We're not taking a running back here in the second round. Nope. Uh, tight end, Firemuth is gone as well. Uh, as, on that. Yeah, so you're looking at Hunter Long, Brevin Jordan, Tommy Tremble. Corner inside linebacker might be my choice here. Yeah. Uh, cornerback, Eric Stokes, Asante Samuel Jr., Aaron Robinson. All three of those are. Elijah Molden. Ooh. There's there's four guys there. Robert yeah. Rochelle is available. There's some guys there. We pick pretty soon again, though, too. Yeah, right? we have 47 and 55. Okay. I mean, we could probably go Dickerson corner. At linebacker, Baron Browning, Jabril Cox, Pete Werner, Nick Bolton, Dylan Moses, Cameron McGrone, Ch Chaz Surratt, Garrett Wallow, Monty Rice. There's guys Bolton available. Bolton would be there. the only one I'd consider there. And I don't know that he's perfect for what the Steelers want. Yeah. I think Dickerson's. I think Dickerson's the pick. Yeah, Dickerson has to be the pick in that. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we made Dickerson the pick, and the pick's right after us. Wyatt Davis goes to the Raiders. Good. Peyton Turner goes to the Cardinals. Okay. Asante Samuel Jr. to the Dolphins. He's not for me. I'm glad he's off the board. Jabril Cox goes to Washington. Trey Smith to the Bears. 
Eric Stokes goes to the Titans. Rondell Moore goes at 54 to the Colts, and we're back up here at 55. The tackles seems molden to me. Tackles have not been touched. Good. Um, you mentioned Elijah Molden was there for the. Elijah Molden is there. Aaron Robinson's there though as well. I like Molden better. I think he's a better football player. I mean, Robinson looks better walking in the door. Has better traits. I don't think Molden played slow. I think Molden's starting slot from day one is an upgrade over the slots you've had, and I think he's just a great player. Okay. And that's like the we lost out on some things, but that's our bonus prize for trading back, in my opinion. Okay, Eric Elijah Molden is the pick, and we're rolling here. We're back up at seventy-seven. The Broncos are on the phone. They want to give us 114, 152 in their 2022 third round draft pick for 77 and 254. Doesn't sound bad. I'd like to get that third next year, yeah. but. Cleveland is on the phone as well. We're rejecting no, that. No, we don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we already made our trade back. Yeah, we got to make our We're not going to do 10 trade backs. So yeah. I think that's cheating. Yeah. So, so know, let's we... avoid all trades from here on out. Okay, so here are the guys available at 77. Liam Eikenberg just went, as did Dylan Moses, Amari Rogers, uh, Joe Tryon are all. Okay. Eikenberg would have been nice if we were in the mix. Uh, so Tyson Campbell at cornerback. We're, we don't need a cornerback. Nah, we're we're out, out of the corner. We're out of the cornerback market. So offensive tackle, you're looking at Jalen Mayfield, Spencer Brown, Walker Little. I'd be fine with all those. Brady Christensen, Deontay Smith, Jackson Carmen, Stone Forsyth, James Hudson. Nice. Remember, we pick again at 87. Yeah, I was say, we're going to get one of those. Running backs, you got all the running backs are still there. Carter, Gainwell, Sermon, Ramonde Stevenson. I think Gainwell's a better prospect than Sermon, but Gainwell isn't a stealer. Yeah. I like Michael Carter. I, I don't know if I like him this high, but we're 22 I don't want pick. a small back. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, if I, you take if you like Gainwell, then you're taking a, a smaller back than Carter. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like Gainwell more than Sermon or Carter. If I'm just putting grades on them generically, I just don't think that's what the Steelers need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, I kind of like Khalil Herbert. I kind of like Roundtree. How about Tommy Tremble there? I don't have a problem with that. And I'm thinking tackle with the next pick. Yeah. So. Then you fixed your run game. Uh, Presumably, depends without who you hand with, the ball to. But, well, right. yeah, <laughs> you know, not like you, unless you can trade for a back or somebody gets cut loose. Yeah, there's know. ways of doing this, or yeah. you draft one early next year. Um, doesn't help you this year at all. No, it doesn't. But overall, the top top players available. This according to the Pro Football Network uh, uh, rankings: Michael Carter, Jalen Mayfield, Nick Bolton still available. Bolton's interesting. Josh Myers, Spencer Brown, Hunter Long, Tyson Campbell, Jordan Smith, Kellen Mond, Walker Little, Nico Collins, Jamar Johnson. Brady Christensen, Robert Rochelle. Um, we have. I think I'd take Tremble all after. A, we haven't gone inside guys. linebacker. It's it's Bolton, and then you're all the way down to Cameron McGrone. Bolton's pretty good. Bolton's pretty good. Yeah. Bolton's a younger, faster version of Vince Williams. Yes. Hmm. We do have another pick coming up at 87. There's a lot of tackles. There are a lot of tackles. Bolton or Tremble. I think Bolton's a better prospect. I think Bolton's a better player. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. He probably starts from day one, too. Yeah. Good chance. Yeah. Okay. We're up at 87. And the Buccaneers are on the phone. We're not doing any more trades, I don't think. Right. But they're offering 95 in their 2022 fourth-round draft pick for 87 and 254. Okay. Just to throw it out Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're back up here again at 87. 
And let's take a look at those offensive tackles to see what's there. Michael Carter's still available. Although what's our next pick? This is 87. We go down to 120. Uh, yeah. This is our this so is tackle or bust, probably. Yeah. And some of them have been taken. Um, since we last picked, Spencer Brown went. Brady Christensen went. Jalen Mayfield went. Walker Little went. Wow. So it's Jackson Carmen, Deontay Smith, Stone Forsyth, James Hudson, Jalen Moore. Um, I like Jalen Moore a lot, side note. We haven't talked about him much. Um, Carmen would not be my pick there. Yeah. I kind of like Forsyth there. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. The, the tall, pure tackle, right or left probably. I'm absolutely fine with that pick there. Yeah, let's, I think let's that's a good value for probably a starter sooner than later. Let's do it. We're on down to 128. Now we now's when you have to start looking at running backs. I say we can't ignore that much longer. Okay, so the top guys available now are Ramonde Stevenson. I don't like him that much. Khalil Herbert. I do like him. Jamar Jefferson. Mm. Chuba Hubbard. I don't think he fits the system. Killen Hill. He's interesting to me. Elijah Mitchell. Too early. Jarrett Patterson. No. Yeah, I mean, it's drying up here real quick. Uh, Javian Hawkins, no. Mm-mm. Larry Roundtree, way too early for that. I think Roundtree's an underrated guy, but it's a little. I, I would take Herbert. Let's just take a look here and see if there's another. Okay, so the top guys available: Kyle Trask, Tony Fields, Drew Dahlman, uh, Tyree Gillespie, safety out of Missouri, Ambry Thomas, the cornerback out of Michigan, Bobby Brown, James Wiggins, Adrian Ely. Um, I didn't hear any edges that got me excited. Dalen Hayes, Jalen Darden, Sean Wade, Oso Digizuwa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we're... <laughs> Herbert's my favorite back. I think he's a little bit of a sleeper's the wrong word, but being slept on <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Khalil Herbert is the pick. I think doing that, we still have to take another back later. And maybe this could be a scat back type guy. I would have. No I would rather that. have two guys that can actually be every down backs because just do the take the Packer approach and yeah. just take a bunch of them. I think you have to. I have no problem with that. Uh, okay, so we're back up here again, and top guys available: Drew Dahlman, James Wiggins, Adrian Ely, Jalen Darden, Sean Wade, Odigizuwa. I like Dahlman a lot, but we took a center in the yeah. first pick. Um, we got we filled the linebacker spot, and we don't. Garrett Wallow still there. I'd consider an outside corner. An edge. I would consider an edge heavily. I would consider another back. I'd consider a tight end, although I know there's probably none there. Your edge guys. Cam Sample, Victor Dumacage, Shaka Tony, Chauncey Golston, Janarius Robinson, William Bradley King. I like Golston. Uh, Josh Kando, Jonathan Cooper, Patrick Johnson, Malcolm Kuntz, Chris Rump. There's like five guys there I like. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Kuntz, Rump, Kando. Um, and Golson's a guy we don't usually pick. He's a bigger one that could actually bump inside on passing downs. The more I look into him, the more I like him. Um, I think I'm going edge. I, I think I need to get one of those guys, and I'm happy they're all still there. But there's five names I could be convinced of. I go back and forth between Johnson and Kuntz all the mm-hmm. time because they're always available at this range. I think I take a different one every time. Johnson reminds me of Alex Highsmith. Okay. A lot. There's yeah. um, he's like okay, plug him and he's ready to like he's got actual moves. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's pretty developed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kuntz, you know, you, you're seeing a guy from a small school, but he, I think he bends a little bit better. I think they might more be athletic. more. He might have a higher ceiling of the yeah. two. Yeah, I tend to agree. 
Well, we end up with one of them often. I'm, I had no problem doing it this time around. I think I prefer Coons. Okay. Malcolm Coons is the pick. But I like – usually there's not an edge guy in this neighborhood that works out for us. Usually it's a bit of a stretch. I think all those guys that you mentioned would be useful. Okay, so we've got three picks left. I think one of them has to be another back. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything else has to be anything. We could take another corner if I that presents it. I a six-foot corner would be interesting to me, a long developmental type guy. A safety wouldn't break my heart either. Top guys available. Larry Borum, the guard out of Missouri. Kerry Vincent, Jr., cornerback out of yeah, LSU. He's pretty good. Thomas Graham out of uh, Oregon. Kando still available. Felipe Franks, the uh, big athletic quarter, quarterback out of Arkansas. Jonathan Cooper. Patrick Johnson still available there. Larry Roundtree available there. I like Roundtree. Uh, Tamori and Terry, Jordan Scott, Chris Rump, Dan Moore, uh, Kane Ngamu. He ran like a 4 2. Is that the is, Purdue dude? Yeah, that's yeah. from Iowa State. Iowa State, okay. Yeah. He's the fastest of the he, backs. He's the best tester. Yeah. He's interesting. He's also a really good special teamer, by the way. He's a uh, great returner. Speaking of special teamers, Avery Williams, a cornerback out of He's a ridiculous Boise. special teamer. <laughs> he's a 5 8 cornerback, so he's probably a slot only. Yeah. But man, he blocked nine kicks in college. Yeah, he's a demon on. Had, and had, or had, he, I'm sorry, he blocked five kicks and had nine special teams touchdowns in college. <laughs> That's insane. Nine, nine. If we didn't take a slot corner, I don't mind doubling down on that on that position though because this guy he, he returns kicks. Well, he'll do everything. He'll be on the he'll get his jersey dirty a lot every day. Yeah, and then you just keep Cam Sutton outside all the time, all the time. Which we're going to do anyway with Molden, probably anyway. Yeah. And, and, and if that's the case, then, because then if you get into situations where, let's say one of those two guys is hurt, well, you get your backup slot. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be active on game day every week. Danny Smith would love the pick. He would. I think that's more of a pick for special teams than it is defensive backs, which I'm not disputing. I'll take that over, you know, a second running back that I'm not doing cartwheels over. All right, let's do it. Avery Williams is the pick. Interesting. He's going to be a Patriot, by the way. Probably. He's going to be the next yeah. Slater. They'll take him the second round. <laughs> He'll something. play 15 right. years in the league. <laughs> right. And, Go to yeah. a bunch of Pro Bowls. And, right. All right, we're at 245. And let's this take is a, when things get rough. Let's take a look at those running backs again. Okay, Rakeem Boyd, Chris Evans. I like Chris Evans to me as a very high upside, late, late round pick. Garrett Dokes from Cincinnati. He kind of is too, yeah. Big power back. Uh, Puka Williams is the exact opposite. Yeah. Uh, Josh Johnson from Louisiana Monroe. He's okay. Uh, Caleb Huntley from Ball State. C.J. Maribel from Coastal Carolina. Otis Anderson. He's got the right name from UCF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan Cox, or Knox from uh, Marshall. Makai Sargent from Iowa. Uh, this is a guy we haven't talked about a lot. Jake Funk from Maryland. He's an extreme tester. Yeah. And... And guess who he played for in college? I guess know. who re- helped recruit him to Maryland? I'm glad you brought him up because I was actually just reading on something about him last night going, this guy's going to be a stealer. <laughs> you know, like, somehow, you know, if it gets to yeah. fr- you know free agent time, they're going to have the in on him. He's going to be a stealer. Or they're going to take we him just the sixth round. Yeah. And we're going to be like, people have to be like, who the F is F? You know? Jake, oh, they drafted <laughs> another Maryland guy. Right, right, right. And he's an extreme tester. <laughs> I bet he's good on special teams. I think he is, actually. 
he might be the perfect back to throw in the mix and see what happens. Yeah, if you look, Jay, the people that don't know know about Jay Funk, I think he's uh, uh, he's like a 220 pound back. I think he was injured a lot. That's the problem. I, I don't think he's got a lot of touches. But my other favorite one, Evans from Michigan, had like 20 touches this year. And right, like, and, and, that's, and he was healthy. Are, and he was healthy. Yeah. Right, a lot of these guys just. So Jake Funk is five wrong with him. five ten, two hundred and four pounds. Okay, not the biggest back, but he's put right, together right. pretty well. Uh, he ran. He had a uh, ran a four four eight, mm-hmm. um, two five nine in the forty, one five zero in the ten yard. So yeah, really Very good. good, really good. Vertical of thirty eight inches, broad jump of ten two, short uh, his short uh, shuttle was four one two. His three cone was six seven one. That's rare. Yeah, that's rare. Did twenty two reps on the bench, uh, ran and sixty carry. Put it this way: His last two seasons at Maryland, seventeen carries in twenty nineteen, but it was seventeen carries for for one hundred and seventy three yards. <laughs> Sixty carries last year. They only played four games. He only yeah, played yeah. four games, so he had sixty. So it wasn't his fault that he wasn't right. There. Yeah, um, he had sixty carries in four games last year for five hundred sixteen yards, eight point six yards a carry. Yeah, I mean he's fast he's in a the home Big Ten run guy, right? And he caught ten passes. He's the pick. I'm telling you, he's going to be a Steeler. He could be a Terrell Davis-like pick. He could be. I'm not even nothing. I mean, if he turns out to be okay, your draft worked out really well. We're in seventh round. You're in seventh round, right. I mean, he he very well could be a a practice squad guy and all those things for a year, but there's something to work with there. I like it. Yeah, let's do it. And we are up again at 254. So we've got two backs. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at that offensive tackle position again. I was say, I don't mind some of these really late offensive linemen either. Some of the guards. Josh Ball from Marshall still available. He has issues. There are issues. Seventh round pick. That's yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with. That's it. why he's a seventh he round pick. He may not be on the Steelers board. He may be a wonderful human being. I don't. I don't know. I don't he know. Has issues, right. Um, looking here at the. Let's. Eh, I don't love any of that. Do we uh, let's take a look at the safety position? We we didn't take any of those. No, we didn't. We didn't take a tight end either. We didn't take a tight end. Not be I don't good know that area for it. Yeah, I'm sure like McKitty's gone. And safety, you're looking at well, a little speedy guy. Michael Carter from Pitt is there, or from Duke is there. Paris Ford from Pitt. Do you think he's a better football player than he is? He has to be. Tester. He has to be. Absolutely. Right, four right, four right. year starter. Pitt. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he ran a four eight or not. Right, right, right. Actually, if I, I think I texted Everybody this, slow, I texted yeah. this to you. His twenty yard split, his ten yard split, ten. I think, I think his ten yard split good. was right there with everybody else in the in the draft class. Mm-hmm. It was like one five four or something like that. It was the long speed that was lacking. It was lacking. Yeah, yeah he has some suddenness to him. Um, so that's. I mean, I'm fine with that in the seventh round. Again, that's a a, a special teams pick. Now, how about this? Nick Neiman out of Iowa still available. Ooh, I, would, I think I'd, I'd go there over. Before. Yeah, I know we took a, a linebacker. We like. I don't. I'll take a. He'll be again a special teams demon. He's big and he can run. Yeah, and he can run. Yeah, um, tough. I, I think he's considered a pretty smart dude. No, that's a great seventh round pick. Nick Neiman is the pick. Yeah, that's an easy <laughs> one for me. Those that's why you look around. Things. You don't sell, you don't pigeonhole yourself into just one. Yeah, taking one thing. You got to look around to see what's available. Neiman and the the Funkmeister. Are Traits, guys, you know. Yeah. Get something out of them. Who knows? End of this draft is not going to so, be great. So, yeah, our draft didn't work out quite the way that we would have liked. Very unusual for us. Yeah. But we, we, I mean, we have five picks. Or we got 
An early pick next year, too, though. Let's not forget this. Correct. In the whole mix. So we got Landon Dickerson at 47. We traded down. Mm-hmm. We got Elijah Molden at 55. We got our starting center, and we got our starting nickel. Yes. Right out of the gate. We got Nick Bolton at 77. He's probably a starter, too. Could very well be. Yeah. Yeah. We got Stone Forsythe at 87. Mm-hmm. He'll be in the mix to start at. at yeah. Oh, he's probably at left tackle. Yes. Let probably not this year, but that's fine. But you I, let I think him, you groom him to be a You left. let him go and compete, you know. Yeah. Uh, we got Khalil Herbert at 128. That's our top running back. Which, of course, isn't the, the direction we wanted to go, but I think he's a little better than people are giving him credit for. Malcolm Koontz at 140. I'm fine with that. Like, if you told me right now the Steelers would trade 140 for Koontz, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that all Absolutely. day long. Right. Uh, Avery Williams, the cornerback out of Boise State at 216, mm-hmm. special teams demon. Yeah, that's big. Uh, two forty-five. Last three are going to be huge on special teams. Jake Funk out of uh, Maryland. Yeah. Again, let's throw another back in the mix and see how it all works out. And then at two fifty-four, Nick Neiman, the linebacker out of Iowa, who tested super steal. well. I think that's a steal. Yeah. I mean, I think he's well worth a fifth-round pick. I did my mock draft the other day, and I was looking at, I was targeting him. Maybe I'd get him at the end of the fourth round with my comp pick. Okay. He was long gone. Was he really? Long yeah. gone. I think that's a steal. I don't care who you took. I mean, if the first-round pick was Avon Collins, I'm taking Neiman there. Yeah, yeah and we got the Chargers' right. second-round pick. Which is awesome. All right. And the Steelers are going to have five pretty strong picks, if not more, uh, in the first two days of the draft next year. Can we run the football better with that group? If Dickerson's healthy and a stud, yes. <laughs> if he's on the sideline, no. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scary putting a lot of eggs in his basket. And it wouldn't even have broke my heart to take in a fifth-round guard center. You know, if there yeah. was one we liked, in, in addition to Dickerson, and just keep adding to that mix. Didn't work out that way. Don't forget we have a pick for the future. I'm not sure you and I, if we were in tr- if we were made, you know, in charge of the world, said Steelers can trade all their picks, all their eight selections for what we just got them as a haul, I think I'd say go fish and try again. I think so. I mean, yeah. I, I like the – I really like the first four picks – I don't like that we didn't get a running back earlier. No. But and we got stuff. I mean we I think we did well. The draft didn't I, fall I, on our lap. I love everything about that draft except for the, the lack of running backs. And Dickerson worries me. Yeah. I, I mean I have no reason to be worried about I mean if this if he could go very early in this draft and have a Hall of Fame like career, then you win. But right. if he's hurt all the time, this is then a rough you don't. draft. Yeah. yeah, it's a rough draft. Yeah. Well, a, it, this is our rough draft of the draft. Our rough draft of our draft. <laughs> and we got one more, one more uh, to do in a, two days from now. We got. I think. I think when we do our draft on Wednesday, mm-hmm. no trade backs. No trade backs. Last one. No trade backs. Who would we have taken had we not traded back there? That's the question. Because I think I would have taken Zaven. From what I remember, it was. Here's what. Here's what was available at twenty four. Williams and they, uh, the Chargers moved up to take Greg Newsom. Who would, have, who would have been a consideration? Yeah, there. sure. Uh, Jalen Davis went at 25 to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Or the Jaguars, I'm sorry. Joseph Asai went at 26 to the Browns. Elijah oh, yeah. Vera Tucker goes to the Ravens. Boy, they'd like to have him. Terrace Marshall goes to the Saints. Zaven Collins goes to the Packers. Trevor Moerig, or Trevon, I keep calling him Trevor. It's Trevon, Trevon Moerig yeah. goes to the Bills. Travis Etienne to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Gregory Rousseau goes at 32 to uh, Tampa Bay. I think that's the neighborhood he's going to go in. Yeah. Uh, top of the second round was Oa goes at 33 to 
the Jaguars. The Jets take Fryermuth. 35, Tevin Jenkins falls all the way to 35. He's a name, to me, it was between Tevin Jenkins and Zayvon Collins. Yeah. So if you would have taken Collins, you're not taking Bolton. Um, if you take Jenkins, you're not taking the Florida dude. Right. You know, and not that there was like a great running back there in, in uh, maybe that's a sermon pick. One of those two could be a sermon type pick. Yeah. I, I like Collins a lot. Collins, to me, is a lot better prospect for the Steelers than Bolton. I agree. Yeah, you know what I mean? I agree. And as much as I like Jenkins, I think I'd rather have Zavin and Stone, fun names, than Bolton and Jenkins. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out exactly that way because— I think probably that's the case, yeah. You know I what I mean? We took Stone later than Bolton, so it's not apples to apples. Right, right. But— I mean, if you, I think Javon Collins is a real difference maker to that defense. Ideally, I would rather have Harris. Harris and what if it was Harris and Bolton? Not bad. Or Harris and Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. Who would our second round pick have been if we took Harris in the first? If we had taken Harris in the first, well, we came up at fifty-five and Molden was available because we didn't trade back. Let's say we just took right. it worked out. You take Harris in the first. So you still had a Lee McNeil. No. We can presume that Dickerson wouldn't have gone because we, we took him right before our pick. Right. He's still there. Um, so, Nazarel Dean, Baron Browning, Ozan Enrique, Tommy Togiai, Dylan Raddins, Davian Nixon, Carlos Basham, Javon Holland, Tefele, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Aaron Robinson, Milton Williams, Pete Werner. It sure would be We'd nice. we probably take Dickerson. Yeah. As they sure would be nice to bring Harris and Dickerson off – a national championship, Bama powerhouse, bring them north, and I think that's possible. I think that's. I think it's highly possible, right? I yeah. think that absolutely could happen. That would be you talk about jump starting your running game. Yeah, that's a nice way to do it. That's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, he's run behind him a little bit. Yes, <laughs> and, and I think you're with me on this. If I said the Steelers pick fifty-five, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you right this second on Monday afternoon, twenty-four and fifty-five for Harrison Dickerson. Do you say sold? Yes? Done. Yeah, sold. Yeah. Not even. Yeah, right. And then in the 80, at eighty-seven, we're looking at we took Stone Forsyth. Michael Carter is available. Hafanga, the safety. I mean, I'd be looking at linebackers. I'd be looking at slots. I'm looking. I might even drift away from O line if I already had Dickerson and Harris, and might be looking for something on defense. Yeah, there. I'm looking to see who was still available. There's a lot of tackles. Kendrick Green was still available at that spot. So if we went tackle in the second round. Yeah. You take Kendrick Green in the third? I'd have no problem taking Kendrick Green in the third either. Yeah. Um, there's actually some centers I like too, Hainsey and Manette and some of these guys I think that there's some – it's not center or bust as much as it is running back or bust for me. I agree. I think the centers, I think there's five or six that could come I in and start for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Or some of them that can convert from guard to center too. Yeah, right. So right. There, there's some interesting later round centers to me. I agree. But still, I would love to have Harrison Dickerson to start. That would be a nice way to start your draft. Yeah. Do you agree if that's the way it went? Assuming there's not one tackle left in the third round, I would lean towards defense probably with that third pick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's got to be a cornerback then or an off-ball linebacker. Or an off-ball linebacker. Preferably yeah. probably the cornerback. Yeah. I mean, Molden, would, he wouldn't be in the third probably round. Probably not, right. but you could get a – I don't know. Um, I'm just looking to see who's available there. Maybe you'd get the, the Arkansas State kid. Or, or you know, I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's a maybe lot you of take corn. a Darius Washington there and say, okay, you're a mm-hmm. slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something like that. Or um, a Tracy outside, you know, the numbers guy. Yeah. But there'll definitely be linebackers there. I think there'll definitely be tackles there. 
I'll put it this way. Robert Rochelle was still available. That's what I was saying, yeah. we were making our third-round pick. We probably would have been he, the pick. He's the pick, yeah. Again, if we said, I'd give you the Steelers' first three picks for Harris, Dickerson, Rochelle. Yep. That's a good I'm start. In. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yep. I mean, it's fixing my really does a number on my run game. Gives me a high upside corner. I, I probably will get a tackle in the next round that I like. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing and to remember about it, this, it, linebackers with so many offensive tackles available in this draft, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me to see some guys cut loose after the draft is over. Some vets. Some vets that are pricey now that won't be then. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe they're not they're not studs or anything. No, but but they're they they're mid level guys that, are, that have been you know three or four year starters, but they're making too much money and yeah yeah. You move on from well, we get this young cheap guy. Yeah yeah, we didn't think he'd be there. We grabbed him and now yeah, the vet's gone. Yeah, yeah, that easily could happen. Interesting though. Always good. That's why we do this why, and, and go with a lot of different right. directions with this, just to see what happens. Yeah. And that, my friends, is what happens if you pass on the running back. And it wasn't horrible. I mean, the team got better. I mean, we added yeah. a lot of stuff, but I just don't know who we're handing the ball it, to. It's very about, yeah. Right? It's a big question mark. We got the Riddler in the backfield. Yeah, right. It's but just we big... also brought six guys to camp, including what's already in house. And you hope one of them grabs a job and like Aaron Jones did. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's going to do it for this segment. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Brecht on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.